We were wondering if the blowfish kept touring after Hootie left. You know, Darius Rucker just like did his own solo thing with the blowfish. <laughs> the blowfish stayed together. Did they really? I don't think so, but I was just one. I just thought it would be funny, a funny idea if they did. You're a weirdo. Just and they were just called the blo- like I'm Tonight. sorry. Tonight, please welcome the your blowfish. headliner. The blowfish. But it's one blowfish? No. Where they hired another front man and it was just John or something. John and the blowfish. John and the blowfish. <laughs> it, no, wait. Bob and, and the puff blowfish. Puff Daddy would be funny. Oh, Get that's it? a good one. Yeah, puff. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a puffer fish. <laughs> what? Isn't that a blowfish? Oh, yeah. You learn something new every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And Jackie is not with us today. She is traveling somewhere. I don't know where. So Jackie won't be with us today, but she did uh, send us in a, a point to highlight from the gospel, so we will include that in our discussion. Uh, and welcome to the Faith to Go podcast for this week, everyone. We're so glad that you are with us today, whichever day it is that you're listening to it. Um, like every week, we are going to take some time to highlight uh, three points from the gospel for this past Sunday, which was Sunday, March 3rd, the last Sunday of Epiphany, wow. uh, which means that Lent starts next week on March 10th. Lent actually starts on Wednesday, March 6th with Ash Wednesday, and then the first Sunday in Lent is March 10th. So we wanted to take some time at the beginning of this podcast, since uh, we won't have another podcast until we're already in Lent, to talk just briefly about Lent and give just a brief introduction to the season, because we are about to turn over into a new liturgical season, and we like to talk about the seasons as we get into them. So we can, we'll be saying more about it as, as we get further into Lent. Um, but just as you think about um, this liturgical season and begin to get into it, and if you're going to Ash Wednesday services on Wednesday uh, or want to take part in the whole 40 days of Lent, um, then that will, have to, that will begin on Wednesday, March 6th. So Lent is the season of the year uh, marking it's the, it's the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. Uh, and then six Sundays, so it's actually 46 days. Um, we are taking on the same practice of and kind of exemplifying those 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness after his baptism. And so often Lent is a time of kind of taking inventory of ourselves, of inner reflection. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on repentance and forgiveness and repenting of uh, the ways that we have hurt people and caused suffering and caused suffering in ourselves and in the world. And so as part of Lent, one, one traditional thing is to take on a practice, which can either be doing something extra in Lent or giving something up in Lent. So often, uh, so we wanted to give just some options for some faith practices at home that you could do with your families or that you can do yourself. Uh, there's some really classic ones, like giving up some sort of food item. It's yeah. like it's something that's supposed to be something. It's it's supposed to be a regular reminder of the season, right. and something that is helping you remind yourself that you were 
helping us remind ourselves that we're in this season of self-reflection, self-examination, and repentance. So the point is not to eat less meat, though that's a nice thing. The point is that every time we go to eat meat, it's like, oh, I'm not eating meat. I'm not eating meat because it's Lent, Mm -hmm. and Lent is this season of this. And so the the point of the practice isn't just eating less chocolate or... losing weight (laughs) or any of the things i always see it as like people think it's like a 30-day challenge and it's like bro yeah it's not the point of it isn't i mean there is like this sometimes we tie it to like the temptation thing of jesus in the wilderness but jesus in the wilderness isn't about just being tempted it's about self-examination and not being around anybody and anything and like the temptation is part of it but that the temptation only comes up because of the solitude and the self-examination that is going on that happens in the wilderness. So the whole point is not just to give something up that is going to tempt us, but that temptation should bring us to a deeper sense of awareness of what we are reliant on. Yeah. You know, so that, and then that can be a doorway into a deeper self-examination of all the parts of ourselves. So, so if you, whatever is going to be something, a practice that's going to, that's going to be an interruption in your life. Mm-hmm. That's going to interrupt your life enough for this, those 40 days to bring you back to this, to this intention of being self, self-aware and repentant and, and being honest with ourselves about the ways we do things in the world and in ourselves and our relationships that cause suffering. Then that is going to be a helpful thing to take on right. or to give up. So we hope you have a good beginning uh, to your season of Lent which will start on Wednesday, like we said, and then we will be back in your feed on Sunday. So, uh, and then we will continue to talk about Lent and, and reflect on some of the things that we're doing, or we would love to hear from you all about some of the things that you are giving up or questions you have. So if you have any questions or comments or stories, uh, either about your Lenten practices or about anything that comes up from our conversations or your faith discussions and reflections throughout the week, you can feel free. We would love to get those from you. We would love to hear from you and uh, share those on our next podcast. And you can send those to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. And we will share any questions and answer your questions, share any stories or comments from your week of faith discussions and reflections on the next podcast. Uh, And like every week, our Faith2Go resources that you can find at www.myfaith2go.org are all based on the gospel for this Sunday, which is Sunday, March 3rd, the last Sunday of Epiphany. And so Maya is going to read the gospel, and then we are all, each of us, plus Jackie, who sent a point to us uh, remotely, uh, are going to highlight a point from the gospel. So you'll have three points Uh, to take into your week of faith discussion. So Maya is going to read the gospel for this Sunday, which is Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 43. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of, of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as the two men were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. 
Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they had, and they kept silent and, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, the great ca- crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He's my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him, and you will scarcely and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. Okay, so... The point I want to make is about Elijah and Moses and also about this thing that Luke adds to this story that is not in the other two stories of the Transfiguration. So we've talked about this before and if you you and you've most likely heard this term but the that Luke is one of the three synoptic gospels. So there's synoptic gospels Matthew, Mark and Luke and then John is the fourth gospel. But there's three of them called synoptic, which means seen together. And, it, and they're called that because they are so similar. Uh, I think that Matthew has includes 60% of what's in Mark, and Luke includes 80% of what's in Mark. Oh, really? And then they each add material that they have in common, and then they each add material that they don't hold in common, Matthew and Luke do. And one of the stories that all three of those Gospels have in common is this transfiguration story. One thing that is unique to Luke is this little line that is in here that I had never noticed before. Um, So Jesus, Peter, and John, and James are up on this mountain. And it says, while they were praying... The appearance of Jesus' face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So in the other two Gospels, it says that, that Moses and Elijah appear, and, he's, and they are talking with Jesus. But Luke is the only one that adds any notes about what they're talking about. Yeah. Which is interesting and cool. I think that I think that it's important to 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 talk about Moses and Elijah being here. We've we've talked about this story on the podcast before because it was again, it was it's in Mark and so we talked about it last year in Mark's version, this idea that Moses and Elijah kind of um Moses and Elijah represent the law in Moses and the prophets in Elijah and like Jesus, you know, uh, is kind of the embodiment of of the law and the prophets. That's the idea. Not necessarily fulfilling them or superseding them, but I want it. I think it's important to also say that uh, to come at it from a different angle, thinking about like Jesus is who Jesus is because of the 
these people that have come before him. You know, Jesus doesn't stand on the mountain by himself. Jesus stands on the mountain with Moses and Elijah, these two huge figures in the Jewish tradition, and that Jesus stands solidly within that Jewish tradition, not as someone who's trying to denounce Judaism or as someone that is trying to create a new religion, but someone that is trying to call Judaism back to its intention and back to Moses and back to Elijah just as Elijah was constantly trying to call Israel back to itself as a prophet, and just as Moses was constantly trying to call the people that he was out in the desert with back to God and leading them. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's, it's, it evokes for us kind of Jesus being in this line of succession in a way of saying, this is a leader, a Jewish leader who is trying to call the people back to their intention and lead them into something new, mm-hmm. just like Moses and Elijah were. But I also thought it was really cool that it says they appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure. And I just thought that it's so interesting that Luke adds this, and I wonder where <laughs> Luke got this little tidbit from. I know. Like what the tradition was around this, because it's clear that this is because it shows up in all three, it's clearly part of this Jesus tradition that was alive in the middle of the first century that the gospel writers were drawing from. But I think it's like, it's so interesting that it's like this idea that Moses and Elijah, Moses who died very, who has kind of this emblematic symbolic death just outside the bounds of the promised land at the end of the book of Deuteronomy and is like buried in a secret place that nobody knows where he was buried. And then Elijah's death is this like crazy, this really crazy thing. And in second Kings, (laughs) yeah. Where Elijah is like these chariots of fire surround him and he's like sucked up into heaven. Yeah. So it's like Moses was buried in kind of this like secret mysterious place and then Elijah is sucked up into heaven, and Jesus is going to go through both of those things. Yeah. You know, Jesus is going to be buried and, in kind of sh- in in, a th- in so- something that will be eventually shrouded in mystery. You know, like right. there's this secrecy about it, and we don't know where Jesus was buried. Right. And then Jesus is going to get sucked up into heaven in this kind of crazy right. cinematic way <laughs> in the ascension. So it's just cool this idea that like Moses and Elijah, the people the like lineage from which Jesus comes this his part the people that are part of his um faith family you know like that to which like the people yeah his heritage the people to which he will be gathered up are like conferring with him they are there with him it makes me think of like the cloud of witnesses that that like these people that have gone before us we are not totally removed from them we're not no. separate from them including Moses and Elijah and Jesus, but like they are part of us, you know, Mm -hmm. they are with us just as Moses and Elijah are with Jesus and that they are conferring with Jesus on this really hard, painful thing that's going to happen. But kind of like, I, I kind of think about it like they're like there with him, helping him, you know, Knowing he's he counseling knows what's going to happen, yeah. yeah, and they know what's going to happen, and they're like they're counseling him, being with him. They are the people that are part of his tradition. They are his his forebears, and they are not just part of the past, but part of the present too. I also and think part of the future. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, what did Jackie have to say? Oh, Jackie's point. Uh, so Jackie's point was about remaining 
Awake. So it's about this part uh, right after the part I was just talking about. Um, Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. So, so it's Jackie's point was was talking about this, where it's about about Peter and James and John, and the fact that if it kind of it kind of is a nod to the fact that it's because they were able to stay awake despite being tired and despite being weighed down with sleep after I'm, I'm guessing was a long journey up the mountain. Mm-hmm. After all this difficult work, uh, where it would have been really easy to fall asleep but also would have been then really easy to miss this amazing, glorious thing that was happening that right. you know, ultimately caused them to totally freak out. Um, it's, because, it's because they stayed awake that they were able to see this glory and to see these, you know, Elijah and Moses standing there and then to be able to communicate this story so that we can have it now. Because mm-hmm. all three of the Gospels also say something to the effect of they didn't tell anybody until, you know, Jesus has died and was resurrected. Like there's something about them not saying anything to anyone about this right. until much later. So if it's, I mean, I don't, who knows what else they did miss being asleep. Crazy things could have been happening all over the place and they were just asleep. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Jackie's point is like, is about Jackie's point is about staying awake and like being aware of Jesus around us being aware and being present with the people around us because you know we never know when we're going to be witness to something glorious and this is what we're talking about when we're getting into lent is like we're growing in self-awareness and we're growing in our ability to be awake to what is going on around us and within us and god's movement in our lives and those practices are like little alarm clocks throughout lent that can help to wake us up right you know Um, which kind of goes into my point about this subsequent encounter after the transfiguration that happens when they descend a day later down the mountain and there's this man, well, this crowd and a man uh, who's trying to heal his epileptic son. And, well, it doesn't say epilepsy in this gospel. I think it was Matthews that had said that. But Mm -hmm. one can deduce based on his symptoms. But um, it's kind of, interesting to think about because i don't know a way that i've seen uh the transfiguration in years past when we've read about it or even this spring was um kind of discussing about peter and how he didn't want to go back down the mountain and how we're called to go back down the mountain and not stay in a place that we want to stay in forever which i guess ties into that whole uh we want to be lulled thing we want to be in a place that's comfortable forever and not be called into those really uncomfortable situations. Um, and that encounter at the bottom of the mountain seems quite uncomfortable uh, for everyone involved. I mean, ultimately, it, it ended well. But, you know, uh, the disciples were under pressure to heal this boy, and they were frustrated because they couldn't. Um, the boy's father was desperate for him to be healed. This is his only son. And... I wonder about kind of if Peter realized in that moment, witnessing that, if I wonder what he was thinking, right? Of, wow, I'm really glad we descended the mountain because 
then we could have healed this boy, or dang, I'm really wishing we could have stayed on that mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what we came down the mountain for, for this, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm wondering if it says something about why we're called down the mountain. It's not just for the sake of, like, ex- of experiencing life, which, I mean, it is to a certain extent. Of course, we need to experience life for all that it is and not when we are so attached to the idea of things going well and to the image of when things are going well and we don't want to acknowledge and go and descend into those places that are uncomfortable and fearful and not the mountaintop. Like, of course, it says something about wanting to be in the moment, but it also says something about, well, why? Uh And it's not just for our own personal fulfillment and feel-good moments of, you know what? I am going to go into the valley. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just for us to develop and mature spiritually because what's the point of that if you're not going to do it in relationship with other people if you just keep it to yourself? Uh Like, congratulations. Uh (laughs) You've you've solved everything. Like, now would you like to share some of that, you know? Um, And I think I'm wondering what Peter would have said. It's like, oh, this is the reason why we came down. And it's it's how we're going to use the way we've transformed to help other people. And and how do we transform? And then, yeah, how does that enable us to help other people in a way? Right. The point of the point of them going back down the mountaintop isn't just like this, like long range. Well, if they didn't come down the mountain, then they never would have made it to the cross. It's more like there was stuff happening while they were on right. the mountain that they needed to go help with, and and they can't do that. They can't be in both places. So the mountaintop is important. And what was happening at the bottom of the mountain while they were having this experience on the mountaintop was important. Right. And, and it's about kind of this give and take of, of, of our, our ministry and community feeding our ministry of like spirituality and solitude and then that feeding back into our ministry and community. Right. And that awareness so that, that Jackie was talking about, yeah. that things are happening and not wanting to put our heads in the sand. Right. So we have three points. Uh, number one was my point about um, the cloud of witnesses and, and Moses and Elijah being with Jesus and that Jesus takes part in this long, long, long tradition of Judaism mm-hmm. and is bolstered by these forebearers of his faith, which are Moses and Elijah, and that we do the same thing, that we can look at that people of faith that have come before us and be edified and uplifted by them, even if they're not around anymore. Number two was from Jackie about staying awake and staying present with one another and with ourselves and with the world uh, to recognize God moving around us and the glorious things that are happening right in front of us. And number three was Maya's about the importance of that presence, yes, but also recognizing that uh, at the same time that we are being present to these glorious things, there is work that is being done by, by people around us so that when we have these important spiritual experiences, it, it calls us back into the community of ministry um, that we've come from so that they feed one another. So, having heard that conversation, Maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you, he- see if you hear anything different this time through. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, 
talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they had saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all was, were astounded at the greatness of God. All right, so that's our episode for this week, our final episode in the season after Epiphany. And we will be back in your feed next week for the first Sunday in Lent, the first full week of Lent. Ooh. We hope uh, you are having a good Lent if you're listening to this after Ash Wednesday. And if not, we hope you're gearing up for it. Uh, make sure to go check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Send us any of your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion or personal reflection. And if you want to share with us what your spiritual practice is going to be for Lent this year, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's good. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at faith to go and make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it on uh, their podcast app. Until next week, we say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.